On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk to the king of common skew, Mark Graham, about tips for entrepreneurs and how to set up to hire rock stars. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossaman, and it is absolutely my honor for the third time to welcome to the show my buddy, Mark Graham, who's the co-founder and chief platform officer of Common Skew. Mark, you were my first guest on the show, and now you're back in the 130s, so thank you wow. so much for joining me. Well, my apologies to... All of your listeners and watchers, <laughs> watchers, viewers, maybe you call them. Yeah. I should say viewers. I think that's better. Yeah. For having to put up with me not once, not twice, but now three times. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, it, I hope this won't be a horror show, but it is a real pleasure to be back on the show. Um, and, uh, and this is certainly a highlight. So thank you so much for me. Oh, thanks, buddy. So, it's interesting. I was thinking about once you have somebody on a few times, you want to come up with different questions each time. So, um, I think you and I both sort of live in the marketing world, but I think we both really are entrepreneurs by nature. Yep. And so if you're like that, and I think you are, I'm sure other people who want to start businesses come to you and ask you for advice, right? Yep. Other entre- wannabe entrepreneurs, and that sounds negative, but just people who want advice to start yep. a business. What yep. is some of the advice you give them? Yeah, so I, I do get approached certainly uh, uh, quite a bit about this, um, not only from people that are in the promotion products industry, but I'm also involved in uh, a number of mentor relationships outside the industry as well. So mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to share with you three main points that I share. There's probably way more than this, but right. uh, let's just keep it to three. So the first thing that I... Uh, the, the first piece of advice that I share with would-be entrepreneurs is do you understand the problem from the customer's perspective? So and really any great business is, is started by someone who is trying to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really important is do you understand it from the customer's perspective? Not some intellectual theoretical perspective, but from that customer's point of view. So mm-hmm. that's point number one. Number two is that business is super competitive. Most industries have gotten market leader and uh, likely many, many other people that are in the space. And so understanding your point of differentiation as an entrepreneur is critical. And I think we see this a lot in the promotion products business, really, I mean, where there's a lot of people who look very similar to one another. There's not a ton of, point, uh, not a ton of differentiation between either suppliers or distributors. And what happens with companies like that is they, they often plateau or they don't really ever reach greatness. They, they, they may be a decent business, but they never really stand out amongst their peers. And I think that if you look at any great entrepreneur in any industry, it's someone that understands that unique point of differentiation, yeah. how they're better, how they remain a step or two ahead of the competition, because I think that's really where the magic is. As business, and it becomes a lot easier to sustain a business when you're different than just another version of someone else. Right. So that's the second point. And this third point, uh, this may seem really, really obvious, but I'm surprised about how many people take this for granted. Are you passionate about solving this particular problem? 
So I started off at the beginning by saying, do you understand the problem from the customer's perspective? And you may say, well, yes, I, I, I'm creating a business. I understand um, I, I, I understand at a high level what this particular problem is all about, what this customer is facing. But the reason why this third question is different is, do you really care about that? Are you passionate about it? Are you so passionate about this particular problem that you're going to jump out of bed in the morning and run to the office to go and solve this because you feel it's a problem that's worthy of solving? And I always say to an entrepreneur or would-be entrepreneur, the answer to that third question is, well, yeah, but they're not, they waver on it. Then I say, you, you may need to reconsider this because being an entrepreneur and running a business is often really challenging and very, very dark yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that if you don't care about that problem in, in a way that really gets you excited, then it's going to be one heck of a journey for you. Yeah. So those are the three things. That is fantastic advice. Um, yeah, and what a, a quote comes to my mind when you're talking about the point of differentiation is that sometimes um, better is not better in the mind of a customer. Sometimes yeah. different is better. Um, and yeah. so, uh, no, I think that's really good advice. So one of the things I know about you guys and I love is that with Common SKU, you've branched out to doing events like SKUCon and now SKU Camp, which I'm excited to, to come to. It seems yeah. that the business has evolved into that. Why? why? Why have you done that? Why do you think it has? So I, I think what's interesting about this question is that common skew is at a, a very basic level um, a software company that provides software for people in the promotional products industry that want to run a more streamlined business mm -hmm. from that initial customer contact all the way through to final invoicing. Okay? And, and, and that's that, that's a service and a product that we uh, came to market with many years ago, and we were really passionate about that. But to think of CommonSQ as just that, I think, is not particularly exciting. <laughs> the business that we really feel we are in is we're in the customer success business. Mm. Um, and we happen to have a software product that the majority of our team here develops and designs, um, or at least the, sorry, the majority of our time and energy goes into designing yeah. this product, this software product. But we know that if we think of ourselves as a business that is really all about uh, creating success for these entrepreneurs and these companies that are using CommonSkew, then we know that that's really what the holy grail is. Um, so from the very beginning, we understood the problem really, really well that we were looking to solve. We were really passionate about it because, as you know, Kirby, um, the, the software was created for our own distributorship right. many years ago. So we, we knew what it was like to be in the customer case. But we also knew that it was a, a bit of a higher calling beyond just software that would take you from step one to step 10 within, you know, um, in an elegant way. And so we knew that the real success for us was going to be connecting users, educating users, inspiring users in a variety of different ways. So um, we started off with our social platform, and that's able to connect people uh, digitally, but we also knew that this is a business of people that love to connect in person. 
And so creating a user conference was something that just felt like the natural next step. And that's where SkewCon and ultimately SkewCamp came out of. And what happens at these events is the software is is very much in the backseat. It's not like we're talking about here's a new feature or here's why you should use this particular product. That's that's very much in the background. Yep. It's all about user stories. It's all about how entrepreneurs have created these amazing business models and they're they're there as examples to inspire other people to be better in their business. And using comments here is just simply a byproduct of that. So for us, that, that's really what the holy grail is. And we love putting these events on because it validates everything that Catherine and I set out to do many years ago when we came up with this crazy idea in the first place. So how do you make entrepreneurs successful? Software is a critical part of that, right. but there's this whole ecosystem of education that supports that to make the whole product sticky. Yeah, and you've created a culture that's uh, unique and, and its own thing, and um, it's something I appreciate and enjoy, so um, kudos to you on yeah. that. And of course, Kirby, you have been a speaker at a few SkewCons in the past, and uh, you you have consistently been one of the highest rated speakers. So thank <laughs> you so much for all of the uh, the time and effort that you have put into our events as well. It means a lot. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, one of the things you know, in the span of us doing this show, right? Um, it, it's been interesting to see different businesses evolve, including yours. And as we're talking about entrepreneurs, and we're kind of doing that today. It's often a tough transition for entrepreneurs to grow to a point where then they delegate because that's how you take the next step. Now, I know you've recently brought on a couple of rock stars that are really cool. And, you know, how'd you come to that decision to do it? And how, what have you done to try and set that up for success? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. And certainly it's, it's a struggle for entrepreneurs that start off with just themselves to then grow and create a structure that is that, uh, that that moves beyond them. So I think for us, it's been a two-part journey. Mm-hmm. So the first part of all of this was us starting off with a really small team where this small team literally did everything. So we were involved in software design, in product uh, um, specs, uh, customer service, sales, marketing, brand development, uh, customer training, the whole kit and caboodle, okay? And, and I think to be realistic, we had no choice because it yeah. wasn't like we, we had we had uh, hardly any revenue at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So uh, with, without uh, access to millions and millions of dollars of venture capital, we had no choice but to do that. Right. What I think where that was so important for us is it meant that we could stay so close to the product and so close to the customer that we understood everything about that particular product and, 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 and how the customer used it. Mm-hmm. So that was the first step. And, and that was critical for us to understand our product market fit. So ultimately, after that first stage, we were able to say, or we were able to ask ourselves the question, does the market actually care about this product? Mm-hmm. Like, will someone actually open up their wallet and pay their hard-earned money for this software product? And if the answer to that is no, then we do not continue. Right. If the answer to that is yes, and there's enough customers that say, you know what, we'll pay you for this product, then we go, okay, we're going to check that box, product market fit, uh, you know, we, we've achieved that. And that's step one. 
takes several years for a lot of companies, mm-hmm. and certainly did for us. I, I would say it was a good, solid two to three years of real hard work trying to figure that out. Once we had that traction, we got to a point where the, where the company was not losing money anymore, we were at break-even, we were a profitable company, we had a growing set of customers, then we looked at ourselves and said, do we want this business to stay kind of here, or do we now want to go and ratchet it up and scale this thing? And if we wanted to do that, we knew that we needed to bring in really accomplished, experienced people. And so while we had a decent sales process, we knew that we could not build a truly great sales team just on our own because we were running around doing all sorts of other things. Right. So that's where we brought in our VP of sales, Samantha Cates, who has been in the industry for some time. And she gelled with us from a cultural perspective and has been absolutely spectacular and has brought our game from kind of here. Like We thought we were good at sales, but <laughs> she brought it to there. So, uh, so kudos to Sam for that, and it's been great working with her. The other side of our business, and uh, we were talking about this with SpeedCon and SpeedCamp, is our content and education side. Mm-hmm. And while we always fashioned ourselves as being pretty good at that, we knew that there was one person in the industry that was the Yoda of content, <laughs> and that was our good friend, uh, Bobby Lehu, long-suffering Bobby Lehu, I should say. And Bobby, of course, had lots and lots of experience on the distributor side yeah. and so much content background that we brought him on to head up our content efforts and to scale that. And those two hires have been a complete game changer for us um, because they come in with so much more experience than we do. And we've been able to pass the baton over to them in a way that... Uh, we're, we're happy to pass the baton off yeah. over. It's not like we're sitting there going, don't do this, because senior executives like that won't tolerate working for entrepreneurs that won't give them the, uh, the, the room to grow. So uh, I, I think we would have, I think to sum this up, I think that we would have struggled to bring in someone like Sam and Bobby on if this was, say, three years ago, mm-hmm. because A, we wouldn't have had the resources to afford them, mm-hmm. and B, they would have been coming in to a Mickey Mouse operation, say, four years ago, where their talents would not have um, really taken hold. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they're in an environment where they can go and go after this large, large market and help us tell the story to the rest of the market. And they've been uh, absolutely fantastic on that front. So That's awesome. That's really cool. And I think that's what you've just done is given a blueprint, right, for uh, people who want to build a solid foundation so they can t- take the next step. Because I think a lot of us want to just immediately take that next step. That's what, you know, we're impatient by nature. Yeah, and, and believe me, we've made that mistake in the past. Uh, <laughs> in, in, uh, on the right sleeve side in distributor business many years ago, we just had that ambition and said, well, we could go from here to here without that structure and without that product market fit and without the traction and without the, the financial side of it. And you bring on people that um, are truly talented, but they come in and they fail within your small organization. Yeah. And, um, and and that can be the end of a company. It can yeah. really be the end of a company. So um, you have to be careful. Well, cool, man. Uh, you've answered my three questions. I give everybody a chance to ask me one question or so. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to give you a chance. Well, and I think I'm going to break some rules here. Okay. I'm right. going to ask you one question, but I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay, cool. All right. All right. If it's not cool, you can just cut off the audio here. Uh, it's totally but, cool. Okay, so I, I had to think long and hard about this because, of course, this is the third time I've had to ask you a question, so I had to come up with something good here. 
So you've done uh, over 130 episodes. Yes, sir. I want you to tell me which guest, only one guest, mm. not multiple, one guest that either surprised you or challenged you the most with right. their answer. All right. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to break your rule. Uh, and give you two. Uh, no. Uh, so the, the, so the one guest, the, the reason I say that is that the one guest I think is one that you'll expect. Um, so it, it, the one who both surprised me and challenged me the most episode 100, I got the opportunity to talk to Seth Godin. Yes. Um, so honestly, the, he surprised me because he said yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, he obviously has so many other things and, and then he really, I mean, it was kind of different, uh, technique. I, I had three questions for him, but then I actually had a bunch of other questions queued up just in case. And he was like, no, keep them coming, keep them coming. And there were several things that he answered that I wasn't expecting. And then honestly, he, I mean, he actually disagreed with me on one thing. And it was, it was just a really, and you know, in that moment, it's a really cool moment when you have the opportunity to talk to somebody that you admire and yeah. then hopefully intelligently disagree <laughs> because you're allowed to. Right? right. And so right. Um, for me, that was super challenging, um, super surprising and super fun. Um, and I, I always hate to give you that answer, but it's the it's the truth. Right. That's the that's the true answer. So, yeah. Well, and a very generous uh, individual as well. Like yeah. Someone that has got a ton of demands on his time. Could have easily said no. Oh, and I wouldn't have thought anything of it. And, and came on and was uh, very generous and, uh, and was able to answer your questions and, and certainly add a lot of value to, to your listeners. So you're right. That is, it's always a surprising thing when you are able to speak to someone of that stature and they're actually like a nice person. Because oh, I think the expectation is like, oh, they'd be a jerk because look at me. I'm just this little guy and they're, yeah. you know, Mr. or Mrs. Big. And, um, and, and I think that's a real testament to um, his character. Well, and, and really quickly, and you know this already, but I, I, it's worth saying. I mean, he early on, probably 25 episodes in, he encouraged me when you and I worked together on a podcast where he told me to keep doing this. Yeah, um, and again, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, my gosh, like when somebody like that encourages you to do something, you do it. And so, yeah, yeah he surprised me and, and challenged me in a couple of different times, I guess. Yeah. So you yeah, said you had two awesome. questions. Yes, exactly. So. Um, you, you of course are a, uh, a man who knows a thing or two about, uh, beer. You're, you're now the, uh, um, founder or co-founder of the Hossaman Brewing Company in, yeah. uh, downtown Coshocton, Ohio. Yes, sir. So I want to know, Kirby, if you were a beer, mm -hmm. what would that beer be and why? That's a great question. Uh, so if I were a beer, I'd love to say I was a lager because lagers are the kind of thing that everybody likes, right? That's yeah. as beer drinkers go. I'd say I'm probably a little bit more of an IPA. Hopefully yeah. I have a little bit more, uh, texture and frankly, I'm a little more bitter. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you hide that well, you hide that well, you know, maybe that's just what the side of Amy sees. Yeah. Like, right. you know, to me, you're, you're, uh, you're right. You do come across as that lager. Yeah. very friendly, how can you not like this kind of guy? But uh, you're right. I mean, the IPA does have a little bit of attitude. Now, would it be one of those really hoppy IPAs, like no. the 10 percenters or, no. you know, right around five? No, yeah, I'd say a five or a six, right? Yeah. Uh, I always say if you if you understand the beer, more like a 45, 50 IBU. So not so crazy bitter, but just a little. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right. I love it. Well, well, that's a great answer. Thank you.
Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. And hey, we've done three, but who says we can't do it again, right? Yeah, it would be an honor to be invited back. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you to all of your viewers for uh, taking the time to, uh, to, to watch and listen to this. Cool. Well, that wraps up another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time.